I'm Ben Solak, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Danny Heifetz, and Craig Horbeck. Join us twice a week as we talk everything NFL Draft and break down all the players who will make your team better. Except the Rams, because they don't really have any picks. Check us out on the Ringer NFL Draft Show on Spotify. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. yeah. He has entered the center. We are out here on a, uh, a Sunday. You know, the Sunday pods always feel a lot different, right? You had a couple of days to rest and relax, get your thoughts together, or maybe you had a rip-roaring time. But we always, uh, we always love when when Sunday Tony shows up. Now this is this has more of a now is this a robe because this has more of a like a bath mat kind of feel to it. Are, are this you, is what, not, what do you this, got going on there. This is this is my uh, blanket, you know, oh, young okay, boy so out here uh, saving money out here. So you know, drop the drop the the, the heat a little bit okay. to, to a nice uh, sixty eight. Sixty eight. You know? 68, right. 69, you know, okay. very frugal I mean, out here in these streets. Whatever. So, whatever. you know, I figured I could I could wear the blanket, you know, over the top. And by the time I get ready for bed, you know, I like a cool 67. I'd be I'd be ready to go. Ooh, ready to 67. knock out. Really? Frigid Gill House. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to, man. I don't know what what, what happens, man. My lores get real warm at yeah. night, you know, and, yeah. and, and sweaty. So, you know, I gotta. I can't. I can't wake up cheesed out. You know what I'm saying? I feel you, Smell I feel myself. You. Like whoa, you gotta, what happened? Yeah, you gotta take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, know. You, you know, you you have to be aware of the sleep company that you have now, right? Yeah. So you gotta yeah. make sure that you're being considerate out here. Um, man, you just mentioned the sore subject about the bed. You know, we got we got a new bed in this house, so mm. it's it's supposed to do all the, the the things that you know normal beds couldn't do. Apparently, it cools you tracks your heart rate and all this other shit you know it's kind of like playing at the united center like i mentioned a couple of pods ago it's kind of like playing at the united center watching the wrecking ball get taken the old good old chicago stadium and it's just 
You know, I'm trying to check out the sight lines. Depth perception is a little weird. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Trying to see where I can nail my shots from. You know what I mean? Had a, <laughs> had a shoot around shortly before the pod. I think it went well, to be honest <laughs> with you. I think it went well. I think it went well. So if, if you guys catch the subdued vibes, just just know I've, I've given everything I can before, before this. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord welcome in what episode is this uh jess what episode is 218 this, this is episode 218 episode 218 of the full go podcast it's off and running those voices that you have already heard uh, that of the active jesse lopez my main man tony gill the shadowy figure that is known as steve's rudy is not with us this evening and hey it's me the guy that's here to celebrate ryan poles yeah 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 i know everybody's been waiting on it they thought there was some you know, light skin, dark skin thing going on between me and him. They thought maybe that I was on Roquan's side a little bit too much. They think maybe that I'm, you know, puffing up and, and boosting up the, the prospect that is Justin Fields a little bit too much. Everybody's in my head, in my head, in my mentions, sending me text messages. Yeah, you see what your boy Ryan Poles did? I see it. I see it. Okay, we did an emergency pod about it, okay? We don't do emergency pods unless it's big news and we know exactly what the haul is. Now, now that we've had a couple of days to sit back, because definitely they dropped it on us on Friday night, you know, a little new cycle action, bang, get, get rid of the first pick. But, and this is a big but, I don't think they're done because I, I believe it was Courtney Cronin who pointed it out, if I'm not mistaken, and if I'm giving her the, the, the credit and that she isn't due, my bad, and if I'm giving her the credit that she is due, shout out to Courtney Cronin, shout out to CC out there doing a terrific job. But I, I think it was her that, that tweeted out, you know, the, the large gap between nine and the 60s where the, the Bears will have the ninth pick and then they got to wait a while before they get that second pick in their draft. So there may still be some moving around to do. And like I said, with Anthony Heron in our emergency podcast, now that Will Anderson and maybe Jalen Carter are off the table for me, we could just throw this thing on open and find out who Ryan Poles thinks are good football players. And that's what the rest of this, not just offseason is about, but the rest of his tenure. You know, we, we may look at Justin Fields as the key to this entire thing. but Let's just say that Justin Fields doesn't turn out to be what I and a lot of other people think he will be, whether it be due to injury or lack of development or whatever the case may be. We've seen we've seen talented quarterbacks. We've seen talented players and prospects at that position not reach their full potential or or sometimes they reach their full potential. and We expect there to be more. But let's say that's not the case. Ryan Poles now has set himself up over the next two or three years to put everything in place that he wants. And the fact that he got this done before free agency, before the league year starts on March 15th, now he's playing with everything in front of him, right? That man is out here like what, Colin Kaepernick back in the day playing against the zone, right? Looking, looking like, all right, you got to watch me. But I'm watching y'all and I can make every move that is necessary to make this team pop. Now, I will say this. I don't need Ryan Poles to go on some crazy spending spree this offseason, to be honest with you. The free agent market is not as good as people make it out to be. Um, if we're talking Mike McGlinchey and some others at the top of the market when, when it comes to tackles and Orlando Brown Jr., obviously, and Isaiah Wynn, some of these other names, then yeah, dig in the, the draft. Find some you know, middling dudes in the free agency market, guys who you might eye. And because I love when, when GMs eye a person that not many people are high on, give them a, a certain dollar amount to make people blink and it worked. 
Because that's what we need to be talking about and thinking like now as Bears fans going forward. This is all about Brian Poles. It was about Ryan Poles before, but a, a lot of it, a lot of it has centered around Justin Fields. The fact that Ryan Poles has been able to pull off and execute the moves that everybody was hoping that he would. Now, I was hoping that he would stay somewhere in that top five or six, still recoup one of those players, but the market is what the market is, right? So the fact that the Texans and the Colts are, are sitting back in the cut, like, well, we like where we're at, means to them that there isn't that big a disparity in the grades of, of these quarterbacks. You know, from Bryce Young to C.J. Stroud to Will Levis, we'll see how Anthony Richardson in the private workouts jump, jumps up or falls down the scale. But this is about now Ryan Poles and his acuity of going, being able to go out and identify talent. And if you look at his first draft, you know, Kyler Gordon made some plays. Got to keep him on the field. Got to stay healthy. But he made some plays in the second half of the season especially. I think we all agree that Jaquan Brisker is a GOAT. I think we all agree that that dude is going to be a player. And, it, you know, don't look now. But you, I've gone back and, and watched a couple of those Bears games. And I know you're like, what the hell would you do that for? Just to get a little brush up on what they need. You know, Valus Jones made more plays than I think we were privy to because of the bad taste we had on the introduction. I think the last three or four games of the season, you saw him pop a couple of a couple of times in package plays where it's like, all right, if this is a special teamer who's 24, 25 years old and played that long in college football and this is all you can give him, you know, f- find a way to implement him in the game. And then that speed still is deadly. So there are a couple of guys that stand out in his first draft. But free agency-wise, we're looking at Quan Muhammad, and shout out to him for joining us during the Super Bowl. But that was the last time he entertained me, to be honest with you. He was not very good in his first season and long season with the Chicago Bears. That's why he's no longer here. They got to go and revamp the entire defensive line, so they're going to make some moves there. You're going to see some names flying there. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the the next step and the next the next act of this play, which is okay. You got your first pick. You got all the cap space. How do you go about shopping for this team? And him pulling off the fact that the fact that they got a what does push your roster down and does push your wide receiver room down. I don't know if DJ Moore is an outright number one wide. He's not AJ Brown, right? He's not one. He's not Tyreek Hill. He's not Debo Samuel. He's not any of these dudes. We know their names and we know the kind of plays that they're going to make game in and gay out. But guess what? DJ Moore is kind of in that. I'm better than the two, but not quite a one area. And if that pushes Chase Claypool down to the three or four spot where he, in my opinion, belongs, and we're going to keep looking back at that second-round pick for Chase Claypool until he makes some plays consistently, and 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 the grief that I took, not, not from Chase Claypool himself, but from apparently the Chase Claypool fan base that, that formed themselves here in the city of Chicago, that pushes that wide receiver room down. DJ Moore is an explosive athlete. I mean, hell. You know, the plays that you can remember him for over the last couple of years are him going up and getting footballs that he shouldn't have gotten or him running away from people very fast. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Everybody, hey, route tree and put the ball in his hands and run away from people, run around people and occasionally run through people. And that's what DJ Moore has done for the better part of his career and especially the last couple of years where he's been healthy enough, even though the quarterback play has been subpar. But now we get into the real fun parts of this situation. What is Ryan Poles thinking? What does he value? What's important to him? And what does he still question? Like, what does he still question on this team? Like, 
Do you think Ryan Poles should draft a quarterback at some point in this draft at the end of the draft? Like, these are the things that I think are going to pop up, the questions that are going to be out there. I'm sure there'll be a prospect that somebody's talking about. Like, we're going to find out not only the build-out, but the, the people that are already in place, how much he believes in them. You know, it, how long is Eddie Jackson going to be a part of this thing? If they go Peter Skaronsky with the ninth pick or, or, or if they trade down and, and, and pick up an offensive lineman, do they kick him in the guard? Is Cody Whitehair a part of this team's long-term plans? A guy who the Bears, I thought, from the beginning kind of screwed up, to be honest with you. You know, putting him at center and then putting him in a guard and then putting him back and forth on the interior of the line. I think he's done about as well as he possibly could and, and as well as you possibly can ask for. And I think there was pro bowl potential there early on, but due to injury and, of course, age, it might be time for him to be a cap casualty. So we're going to find out what Ryan Poles thinks of the build-out that he inherited, the build-out that he's already tore down, and what he's going to do going forward. I don't think that there's going to be some major spending spree. I don't think that you're going to see four or five big-name guys end up in Chicago. I don't, right? Like, we see the Miami Dolphins swinging for the fences again this offseason, going out and getting Jalen Ramsey. And, and it's crazy because Jalen Ramsey is only 28 years old. We, we, we've been hearing about Jalen Ramsey since, you know, his sophomore year at Florida State pretty much. So it seems like he's been playing professional football for 10 years. But dude's only 28 years old, and they go out and get him for a mid-round pick. You know, and, and the L.A. Rams continue to tear down that thing after Sean McVay said, I'm going to stay and Les needs trying to figure out that cap situation. So there'll be there'll be a lot of guys out there. There'll be some cap casualties that, that will make Bears fans perk up like, OK, that might be a fit. But guess what? Everything is going to be a fit for this team. It's just about what he values and how he values his cap space going into next year as well. Do you just hit the salary floor? That's why the DJ Moore move is, is a good move on top of it because it's a $20, $20 million cap hit that if you release him, you don't, you, know, you don't really get hit on. You don't take the umbrage because it's a trade. And the Carolina Panthers, I think, will be paying 25% of his salary as well. So it's, it's, a, it's a win-win. You get yourself a number one wide receiver. You move down a few spots in the draft. You pick up extra first rounders going forward. You pick up extra second rounders going forward. The chasm between nine and I believe 61 where they draft second, I think they're going to have to figure that out and fix that because you want a couple more picks. You know, you want to have at least two or three picks in that top 60. So they, they might want to jump in there and, and trade up or mess around and trade something you know, in the future for something in this draft, if, if there's a player or two that slips. But this is, um, this is, this is good times, you know, for the time being. We don't get to say that a lot, especially with this Bears, last Bears season, and especially with Chicago sports, period. But Ryan Poles has taken a team that was stuck in mud, drove them all the way down to the equator, and now his job is to rise this thing like the Phoenix but you don't have to spend everything. You don't have to spend bad money. And like I said before the season started, the number one pick wasn't the most important thing to me as a Bears fan. It wasn't even drafting high. It was drafting well. And it was scouting and talent evaluation that was the most important. And now we're going to find out what Ryan Poles values, what kind of talent evaluator he really is, and also what kind of pro player personnel evaluator he is because he's had a chance for a season to find out who he thinks will be in the winning pieces the next time the Chicago Bears are suiting up trying to figure out playoff and Super Bowl contention. So now starts the fun time. March 15th starts the new league year. You've got yourself what you deem a number one wide receiver. Now Justin Fields has to get better. You know, the onus isn't off of him. But we're going to find out what 
This guy values. Last year was Larry Ogunjobi. Didn't fail. Uh, he didn't pass his physical, and he wanted to, to address that three technique. I won't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he went out, tried to address that, and maybe a tackle spot in free agency. But he doesn't have to go crazy. Doesn't have to go ham this offseason with all the money that he has because this is going to be a process, and, and we're going to start to see this process start this week here in Chicago. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. All right, joining us here on The Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff is none other than Kyle Bailey from WFNZ. It's easy for me to say. Afternoons, 3 to 6 p.m. Uh, I ran into this young man when, uh, when I was in the, the search for future employment. I was in the abyss, and I, I landed in Charlotte because they said, come on down and jump on the air. And all of a sudden, I ran into some people that I took a, a liking to and We've uh, remained, you know, industry buddies for the last few years or so, you know, every once in a while jumping in on the business. But most, more than likely, he's checking in on Kobe White and more than likely I'm checking <laughs> in on something regarding the Charlotte Hornets. But we've got a little Chicago, Charlotte slash Carolina, you know, interplay here because, of course, the Bears traded the number one pick overall in the NFL draft to the Carolina Panthers for a slew of picks and DJ Moore. Kyle, thank you so much for giving us the lowdown on what's happening in Charlotte. I appreciate you jumping on with us, brother. Oh, man, it's good to see you again. Uh, glad to see you doing well. And yeah, we got some news to talk about. Yeah. So let's get right to it. What was your reaction when you uh, saw the news come across that the Carolina Panthers were now the, the rights holder of the number one overall pick in this year's NFL draft? My initial reaction was I picked a bad damn day to take the day off. I took Friday <laughs> off. I was like, you got to oh, be kidding no. me. I, oh, yeah. No, I, I never take days off. You know how it goes. I love the gig. I already but, uh, know. You know, my wife and I were trying, we're buying a house and we're trying to close. And I said, man, I need Friday to get some stuff done. So, of course, they picked Friday to drop this news. But, uh, no, it was it was pretty unbelievable. Um, you know, I, I, I was a little bit, well, I'll just jump right in. I was surprised DJ Moore was a part of the deal. But otherwise, from a, a Panthers perspective, I've seen a lot of reaction. I'll get my first dose of that uh, tomorrow on my show. Um, but, I, you know, there are some people who think they gave up too much. You know, there, there are plenty of folks with different perspectives on it. But my first reaction was, damn, they've been telling us they're going to do this. And they actually got it done. Tepper hasn't had a quarterback since he bought the team, right? I mean, yeah. five years, six years, going on six years now of Cam Newton. You got some, uh, you got some, uh, some what, Teddy Bridgewater in there. You got some, uh, <laughs> some Taylor Haneke. I mean, you got some guys in there. Uh, what do you think Frank Reich is looking for with this number one pick? And then we'll get into the compensation because I definitely want to get the lowdown on what's happening with DJ Moore as he uh, arrives in uh, Chicago. For sure. Um, to answer your first question with Frank Reich, uh, it's tough to say. He, he keeps it close to the vest. Now, there, there are those reports out that uh, he likes C.J. Stroud, but that the owner likes Bryce Young. Mm. Um, well, now, here's the thing. David Tepper also fancied Will Levis going into the college football season. So, um, you know, I, I don't know how much he's going to impose his own wishes on this process, but 
Um, you know, there's a history of Frank Reich and bigger quarterbacks. CJ mm-hmm. Stroud is that. And I, I think, uh, you know, I talked to the GM here the other day and we all pretty much agree that the Georgia game, uh, you know, opened a lot of eyes when it came to CJ Stroud. So, um, I think, you know, if I had to make a call today, it would probably be CJ Stroud. But then again, with this group, you never quite know. All right, so the the picks, you know, it's just a lot to give up, uh, you know, and Ryan Poles went into this situation saying that he had a suitor out there that was going to give him multiple first-round picks and fortify the foundation of a Bears team that was the youngest in the league and went on a 10-game losing streak. So you got to get as many good players in the in the stable as possible. But the DJ Moore component, when we were throwing around draft trades and things of that nature, the Carolina Panthers came up a lot, and a lot of people would point at Brian Burns, right, a guy who could – uh, you know, dominate uh, another team's passing game. And we all know that's the name of the game here in the NFL these days is who's going to affect the other team's passing game. When that kind of subsided, people stopped talking. DJ Moore, um, this team's in, in dire need of a number one wide receiver. Would you say that DJ Moore is a traditional number one wide receiver? Is he a boom play guy? Was he uh, the product of not having having a, a stable quarterback situation? Because he's been a part of some of the, the best highlights in the NFL over the last couple of years. So what are the uh, positives and negatives of DJ Moore's game? I, I would agree with a lot of what you had to say right there. Um, now, I, I'll go back to that first bit of rattling off all the uh the quarterbacks he's played with you can go back to his final year in maryland and i believe he caught passes five different quarterbacks in his final year at maryland it was at least four um and then he gets to carolina and of course you know starts with cam newton but it goes from as you pointed out uh cam newton to kyle allen to will greer to taylor heineke to teddy bridgewater sam darnold baker mayfield jacob eason pj walker i mean i could keep going and and so dj has Outside of the Baker stretch this year, he and Baker did not connect at all. Um, but outside of the Baker run, um, DJ continued to produce. Uh, so, you know, I was talking about this yesterday with a different, with a radio guy in Chicago. And I, you know, I said, hell, he could, he might be able to double those numbers. Justin has a good year. And, and that's, that might be a little bit far fetched, but I think he's got that kind of ability. I mean, he is a tough dude. It, first of all, he is a great pass catcher, great route runner. Um, turns into a running back with the ball in his hands once the catch is made. And he's a likable guy to have around. I mean, I'll be mm-hmm. honest with you, l- losing DJ Moore here in Carolina stinks. Like, that's that really hurts. And I think there are a lot of folks asking a logical question, like, hey, you're going to draft uh, the number one overall pick, the, the, a quarterback. You don't have any weapons right now for this guy to throw to. That's kind of critical to development. So, yeah, losing DJ hurt, but I think Chicago fans are really going to like DJ Moore. And I think he's built to play in Chicago, actually. So now the the Carolina Panthers side of this is all taken care of and the DJ Moore side of this is taken care of. Where do the Panthers go from here? Because I've I've had this conversation in a couple of group chats with my buddies and we were talking about you know the the most attractive spots to land if you were a head coach or if you were a quarterback and that Carolina roster seemingly has the build out similar to what the Jets have when they had DJ Moore obviously but now that, that piece is gone then now you have to fortify that room a little bit more but there's a build out there and of course Tom Brady has left the division right the division is seemingly up for grabs what are the expectations even with a first year signal caller uh, heading up this team going into next year? It's a great question. Uh, one that we've grappled with a lot on my show because this roster is built to win now outside of quarterback, or at least it was before losing DJ. Right. Um, and I, I don't think DJ's tipped the balance necessarily. However, it hurts, and they weren't especially deep there. So what they have now um, are some slightly different problems than what they had two years ago. 
Um, they look like they've got the offensive line figured out. James Campen might be the best offensive line coach in the NFL. That group did a 180 this year. They were top 10 in the NFL, and I think they're going to be better this year. So you know, they're going to have a quarterback. Now, they need wide receivers, and they need a tight end, right? It's kind of critically important. So they need pass catchers, just generally speaking. They can use a safety or two on the defensive side uh, with the Giro Everos defense coming in, which is really exciting. So that you know, that's the coaching staff on paper is fantastic. They need a quarterback, and they need some pass catchers. they got to have a safety. But they can accomplish that, you know, much of that this offseason, especially when you factor in that, you know, the receiver position, Terrace Marshall Jr., once Matt Rule got out of here, Terrace Marshall Jr. looked to really start coming on. Um, Shai Smith made mistakes last year, but Shai Smith can be a playmaker, maybe possibly in the Debo Samuel type of role at some point. Um, I, I don't know if that's asking too much of him, but they do have a couple of guys. They need to add a piece or two, and I think they're going to be in shape or in good shape offensively. Ladies and gentlemen, you can hear that voice. Afternoons, 3 to 6 p.m., join the clubhouse with my man KB. Kyle Bailey from WFNZ joining us here on the Full Go Podcast. Uh, next time you're on, we're going to talk about what's going on with your Hornets, man, because uh, that thing. Well, I, remember, I remember when I came down there, we were talking about James Borrego and <laughs> Dwight <laughs> Howard and Kimmel Walker. And boy, five years later, he's still, still, still asking the same questions, just with different players, huh? I remember that conversation. You and I were at All American Pub in South End here in Charlotte yeah. talking about these Hornets and sharing some chicken wings and talking some basketball. And I tell you what, there for a minute, it got fun. Uh, they won 43 <laughs> games last year and we thought it was heading in the right direction and they blew that damn thing up. So, yeah. I mean, I I injuries have been a problem this year and all that stuff. But I would love to have that conversation with you yeah. because this was not the season we thought we'd be having around here. No, nah, not at all, man. We'll keep an eye on Kobe White for you, brother. Thank you so much, <laughs> man. I appreciate you joining me. And as always, man, congratulations on the new crib. Good luck with the move. I know those are always a hassle. And uh, give my best to the family and everybody in Charlotte, brother. Thank you, man. Th same to you. I appreciate your time. We'll talk to you soon. Kyle Bailey from WFNZ joining us right here on the Full Go Podcast. Bulls Talk with Jason Goff on the Full Go. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Hey, Tony, we got, our, we got ourselves now two Pat Bev effect games. That's right. Uh, goes into Houston, gets himself six offensive rebounds, hits a few three-pointers. Nobody says anything. He screams out, fuck is you talking about? Like, this This is what we came here for. Nobody knows what this season, what the last 15 games are going to look like, feel like, smell like, taste like. But, boy, the Pat Bev thing is happening. The Detroit call-out of Nikola Vucevic, you knew it wasn't going to stop there. Now he's telling Andre Drummond where to go on pick and rolls. And Andre is like, I'm only going one place. I'm going right to the basket. You don't have to worry about me popping. You don't have to worry about me opening to the wrong side. But, hey, man, I don't pat myself on the back too often. And I don't get a chance to because I'm not right very often. But harken back to the Brooklyn game. When I said, give the ball to Zach Levine and get the hell out the way. And it's crazy because they didn't exactly do that. Right. They haven't exactly done that, but DeMar DeRozan's more banged up than he's leading on. Right. And you could tell because DeMar DeRozan isn't a blow by driver, but DeMar DeRozan has had issues. Uh, you just hadn't had that, that, that first step quickness or that first step power that we're used to seeing. He's still getting his points. He's still getting his buckets, but defensively, he's even more affected. And he was uh, a middling defender going into it healthy. Uh, so now <laughs> Zach Levine has, has had to be 
efficient. He's had to share the ball. He's had to rebound. I think he had eight or nine rebounds last game. You know, it's it all leads back to where Bulls fans, you know, just sit sit around and, and, and bash themselves about the head thinking what the hell what this season could have been. Like what this season truly could have been. Because Zach Levine now is rounding into a healthier, comp, more confident version of him. Although, I will say this. He still is mentioning some things. Like, Zach doesn't keep uh, what's bothering him close to the as close to the vest as he thinks, probably. Like, even during the halftime of last game against the Houston Rockets, I got a chance to hear the radio call. And Chuck Swirsky was talking to Zach Levine. He interviewed him probably post-practice you know, a couple of days ago. and Because you could hear them walk from the facility to the outside area to the cars. But Zach was talking about narratives and things that people were saying about him and, you know, how how uncomfortable he might have been early on in the season and maybe he didn't get enough of a grace period. And then you hear him, you know, there's still rumors and reports that he was upset about the benching in Orlando that happened earlier in the season and still doesn't sit right with him. And then you go on to hear that the, the trade deadline kind of bothered him as well because the reports of his name being bandied about, you know, it's going to be very interesting here over these last 15 games or so to see the level to which Zach Levine balls on the way out, him also being a clutch sports uh, client, and this offseason being this offseason, you've already got your money, right? You've already got your max deal. People know what you are as a commodity. It's going to be interesting to see what this offseason looks like, right? And I've got no inside information about trades or anything like that. But the way this season is lined up and the way that, frankly, the offense has been taken out of Zach's hands, like demonstrably so in certain games, when DeMar DeRozan has been um, less than 100%. And the fact that it's not being, I guess, clearly stated to everyone (laughs) how things should go at the end of games, just keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on it. You know, this ain't the, the quote-unquote media, you know, pushing narratives or anything. It's just watching body language, watching the way a season progresses, watching the way guys heat up at the end of the year, how things, how good timing kind of happens for certain players. Like, this is going to be interesting this 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 year because Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley's got some work to do, right? You're not going to go over the tax with the squad. <laughs> you, everybody's all signed up. So guys have to get moved. Somebody's got to get moved around. And what moves are going to happen that are going to really change the dynamic of your team? And also, what's the, uh, what's the mission statement? Have you been told you have to compete or else? Or can you retool again? Are, are you just like the guard form in John Paxson era where you get a couple of rebuilds in a short span of time? So... These last 15 games, along with the play-in chase, right, because the Bulls right now are, I believe, a half game out of that 10th spot, but along with the play-in chase, just keep an eye on what's happening with the best player on the team right now and Zach Levine. The, the ball that he's playing, um, the things that are, that are being said, the disappointment that this season has been, um, I think this offseason is going to be very, very interesting for Bulls fans. But other than that, man, you know, the Houston Rockets, you know, fun team that you knew would jag it, at some point, right? You knew at some point Kevin Porter Jr. would be like, I don't care who's really hot out here or who needs the basketball. I'm going to shoot this thing. And I'm going to shoot this thing until somebody checks me. And guess what? No one's going to raise their hand to check me because I'm Kevin Porter Jr., damn it. And I do whatever I want to do. Man, is that a talented cat.
That is a talented dude, boy. But man, I feel, I feel bad. I've been on the Kevin Porter way for a long time. I'm like, I'm telling you, he nice. He, he nice. is. He just, nobody's nobody's ever <laughs> argued that. Nobody's ever <laughs> but, argued man, that. He's just not. Just uh, he's not. He's not. He's not all together. Yeah, he's not all together. He's so nice that he's been allowed to not be all together. He's got to, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. is going to have to run into somebody that he truly trusts, right? Somebody he truly trusts that has enough sway to ride the wave with him because he's also getting to that age where you just are what you are too, right? Like he's no longer young Kevin Porter Jr., the kid who had issues at USC and drafted. No, he's, he's now four or five years into being the Kevin Porter Jr. who at some point is going to have some issues. But boy, they got some players on that team. Like, I really, and I, and I don't mean to sound like an old head or I don't mean to sound like a dude who's just big enough the sport that he covers on a nightly basis. But, man, there are some terrific, terrific young players and young groups running around the NBA that just have no sense of how to win or how to close out a game. Because, man, you look at it, the, the end of the, I mean, it's the end of the Western Conference, you, the Houston Rockets got Jabari Smith Jr., who's come on now. They got Al P, Alperin Shingun. They got Jalen Green, who's like a baby Zach Levine in the making, right? They, and then they got Kevin Porter Jr. And on top of it, they got the, the you know, they got Kevin Christopher. They got uh, KJ Martin. They got a whole bunch of nice little young pieces that some of them are going to have to be blown up and, and, and sent other places because you can't have that many young guys. At some point, they're going to have to turn that thing over and start to give it over to the adults. But man, they got some dudes. And then, I mean, hell, you look at San Antonio. Like San Antonio is in the running to, to get, you know, Wemby, to get the big Frenchman. But Devin Vassell is, is a nice young player. They got, they got, you know, Jeremy Sohan, when he comes back from his injury, nice young player. They got some dudes. I think the NBA right now, you look at teams back in the day that were bad, they were bad and old. Right. But when you're bad and young, like the NBA's lesser teams are, there's reasons why you're you're bad. And mostly is because you're young. Right. A bad old team is just a slog to watch. But that's why there's so much parity in the league. It's not because the top is any greater than it has been in previous years. It's because the bottom is so much better and you can run up against a team. The Portland Trailblazers are six games under 500 and two games out of the play in game. And of course, you know, who played. I mean, they got Damian Lillard, Jeremy Grant. They got Anthony Simons, right? They got Shaden Sharp. They got some young cats in the Oklahoma City Thunder. Full of young cats. I watched the Thunder. Oh, who was I watching the Thunder play tonight? Oh, my God. I was watching the Thunder play. So, yeah, I was watching the Thunder and the Spurs because Lord knows I love, I love uh, you know, I love punishment and bad basketball. But they got Shea Gilgis Alexander. They got a dude who, if we're really talking about the MVP, like that team should be nowhere close to playing consideration. And they are right now tied with the Utah Jazz for 10th place. Now, Utah and New Orleans have a tiebreaker over them, but there's just so much young talent around the league to mess around and watch old veterans weigh down your team or old veterans cap your ceiling, right? So this NBA is a lot different than the NBA that you're used to and that you're used to watching, which is why the Bulls have themselves a very interesting conundrum on their hands because you see what the NBA is. It's the top tier. Can you quarter star? Can you um, supplement and complement the star? Or are you a young team building so that you can build up those players and then go get that star with that, you know, that infrastructure, right? I mean, look what Kyrie and Kevin Durant did with the Brooklyn Nets. He said, hey, that thing over there looks like the culture is okay, but it's not okay enough for them not to let us run it. So let's go over here and run it into the ground. 
right? You don't want that to happen. But at the same time, you want people to take a look and go, okay, Patrick Williams, Kobe White, you know, Zach Levine, you know, maybe Io DeSumo. Like, what is the core? What, what, what could I be playing with if I don't want to play where I'm at right now? That's, that's all the play is. Because you can mess around in the draft all you want. If you're drafting after 14, 15, if you're outside of the lottery, it's a long shot unless you got terrific, terrific scouting. And, you know, it's still up in the air. <laughs> Maybe it's not the scouting part right now. It's the developmental part that we're talking about with the Bulls. And, and in, in the end, you're going to have to figure it out. <laughs> you, can't, you can't keep going out and trading players. You can't keep signing players. Like, I can't believe I'm saying this or, or talking like this as a Bulls fan, but the Vooch trade, the trade to get Lonzo, the trade to get DeMar, like, the NBA didn't allow you to do that too many years in a row before you have to show and prove with some results. You know, you got you to gotta mess around and, and push somebody to the limit. You got to upset somebody. You got <laughs> to gotta have a young player that nobody saw coming to, to push the rest of those guys that you traded for, and none of those things are seemingly happening. None of the, none of the moves where the button is flashing in front of you and you got you to gotta press the corresponding button, for whatever reason, the basketball karma and the basketball gods keep having the Bulls press the button that is just adjacent to the right button, right? Like, you get Lonzo, but then that happens. The DeMar DeRozan thing is great for one year, but then, you know, what's, what was the real outlier? Over the last four years of Bulls basketball, there's been half of one good season. <laughs> Other than that, there's been three and a half years of middling to mediocre to below average basketball. So now is the time where yeah, you, you're trying your hardest to get to, to the play-in, but do take some inventory. You know, figure out figure out what Patrick Williams isn't. <laughs> you know, forget all this figuring out what he is. Figure out what Patrick Williams isn't, and then put him in the right positions going forward. Kobe White looks like he's going to be a part of this thing going forward. We'll see. Like, there's so many things up in the air right now for a team that had engendered so much goodwill just two years ago. And like I keep mentioning, the bottom of the NBA is coming for you, you know? So if you're one of these teams, like I just mentioned, if you are the Dallas Mavericks, you got to mess around and make a Kyrie type of move just to see what it feels like, what it looks like going into the next couple of years because the Pelicans and the Thunder and the Trailblazers are on your ass. Well, guess what? The Bulls are sitting in the same type of position, just like the Hawks, just like the Raptors, just like the Heat. You got to figure it out before the Pacers and the Orlando Magic and the Detroit Pistons get their shit together. And that's happening soon, very soon. So, yeah, these 15 games at the end of the season here aren't just about the plan. It's about evaluating what the hell is going on and going to happen going forward, whether Zach Levine will be here, whether DeMar DeRozan will be here, whether Nikola, Nikola Vucevic will be here. You know, all three of them come back. All three of them don't come back. But whatever the case may be, you got you to figure out where that level is and, and where, which level you're trying to achieve. This is not a total restart, but there has to be some recalibration. And this 15 games, I think Zach's getting ready to go on a heater, boy. Like, I think Zach's getting ready to do all the things you hoped you could do and would do in the beginning of the season without the rhythm and without the complete health and confidence in that knee. I'm wondering how this is going to change the Bulls' offseason plans, if at all, if at all. You know, Jay, I, I think that's the most frustrating thing for Bulls fans is, all right, last year was fun. This year you came back down to earth, and it feels like, you know, what is your direction, right? Like you mentioned the Pacers. They got 
you know, they got a young guard that they're prepared to build around. It seems like Miles Turner is back in, at least for, right. for, for now. Right. Um, you look at the Heat, they're trying to take advantage of these late Jimmy Butler years. So you know what they're trying to do. Atlanta, they got their guys, you know, that, that they want to build around so, so they can learn how to do some real winning. All these other teams outside maybe what? The Wizards in the NBA. I'm looking at the West too. It feels like all these other teams have a direction outside of the Bulls and, and Wizards. Um, and that's a bad place to be in, especially after the year they had last year uh, and the confidence they had going into this year. So I think that is probably what fans are looking for these last few games and into the offseason is what is the direction of the team? Like, I, I get it. You, there's some nuance in, in tanking or not tanking, uh, retooling on the fly. There's a lot of nuance that goes into that. But having a clear, you mentioned, mission statement. Where is this going if this is your group? If this is your guys, where is this headed? Uh, realistically, we saw what happened this year, right? Like, nobody's going to forget what happened this year, what you said at the beginning of this year, what the mm -hmm. goals were for this season. So now let's look, be real with us. When the Bulls fans aren't stupid, they are, they are not stupid. They don't play about this team. They're very fanatic about this team, and they want to support this team. But you got to give them a direction. And a, and, a, and a mission statement. And I like what you said about that, about where this is headed. Yeah, that's what these last 15 games are about. Mission statements galore, right? And personal ones, coaching ones, general managerial ones, um, team-wide ones, franchise-wide ones. Because the Eastern Conference, I mean, let's just, uh, let's just extrapolate this, right? Let's, let's, let's think this out. Right now, you've got the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics sitting at the top, of that, I think, as the championship continues in the East. I'll throw Philadelphia in there as well, but they're the, they're the, the long-shot championship contender head to me of the second tier, right? I think Milwaukee and Boston have separated themselves and also we've seen them. So there's recency bias and confirmation bias there for me. Um, but you're not Milwaukee, you're not Boston, you're not Philadelphia. Now you take a look at those three teams' nucleuses. Milwaukee might start to crumble here, might start to fade a little bit here in the next couple of years because of how much playoff basketball that team's played. You know, and it speaks to the the dynamic that LeBron James has, you know, allowed us to be witness for for 20 years, right? Like playing playoff basketball damn near every single year. And now finally in year 20, the, the injuries catch up to you. Hell, you look at that Golden State Warriors bunch, right? They started to erode after the third or fourth title run and they came back and did what they did last year, obviously. But the reason why last year was so cool to watch because it was so miraculous because we thought the window had shut because of all the playoff basketball they played. Right. So you, you got that Bucks team who I'll give you two years from now could look a whole lot different. But that Boston and Philadelphia thing, like if I'm the Bulls, that's what I'm looking at. Right. Like if we really want to talk about it, Giannis is going to be Giannis for the rest of, you know, this decade. Damn it. Right. Like it's going to be 2030 before we look at Giannis like, all right, he's slowing down a little bit. And the rest of those dudes, obviously, Chris Middleton has already started to succumb to injuries. And Drew Holiday is a, a, a powerful body guard. I don't know how long his body's going to be able to take the, the pounding, the wear and tear. Um, Drew Holiday, man, might be. You know, don't look now. But, you know. Might be the best two-way player in the league, you know, in the last month or so. I mean, offensively, defensively, what he's had to do for that team, 
talk about MVP votes. I know, I know, you know, he's not the MVP, but if he gets one, I wouldn't be mad at it. I wouldn't be mad at the way that he's kept that thing afloat. He's got that team at the top of the Eastern Conference. But if you're the Bulls, you're taking a look at the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to, they're going to, just experientially, they're going to find new heights. That team is nowhere near, you know, um, reaching their peak. Um, Evan Mobley, I'm, I am worried that the Evan Mobley blossoming won't happen the way that it would have happened, obviously, before they got Donovan Mitchell. So now what does that look like for the young man? Because that was, you know, and he still is a linchpin. He still is a foundational piece of that team. But, you know, Donovan kind of t- sucks the air out of the room offensively, and rightfully so. I mean, he's earned that. You know, he's, he's, he's a premier closer in the game. So that Cleveland squad is going to be, if they can keep it together and keep it healthy, that's going to be a problem for the next three to five years. And then you got the Knicks who... You know, I, I think Tom Thibodeau squeezing every bit of blood out of that stone as much as he possibly can. Jalen Brunson's giving them that new energy, um, even though he's hurt and has been for a little bit now with that foot injury. Uh, Julius Randle, I mean, he, you've gotten every every drop of talent out of that prospect. and He's been terrific. He's been damn good this year, no doubt about it. But the Knicks aren't a team that I think you have to worry about contending for an Eastern Conference. And that's what we're talking about here. You know, the Bulls don't want to be in that area of the Hawks and the, and the Knicks and the Raptors and themselves right now. You want to start looking at the teams who are trending up and going to stay up, who are going to stay afloat in the Eastern Conference because they can play through injury, because they can play through illness, because they can play through, you know, long periods of time where their offense isn't playing well because their defense is their calling card. And that's what we look at with the Philadelphia 76ers and the Celtics and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Can the Bulls either have that kind of thumbprint or or can they maximize the talent so much so on the other side of the ledger like the Denver Nuggets do? Because the Denver Nuggets play damn good defense, but they come at you in waves offensively so that, you know, defensively, if they stop you a couple of possessions in a row, we're talking about an 8-2 run, right? Instead of a, a 6-4, you know, standstill slugfest that sometimes you see the Bulls engage in because of their singular mindset when it comes to isolation offense in some of the worst moments of the game. So what are you trying to be? What do you need to be? And what can you be? And all three of those questions have to be answered in these next 15 games as we get ready for the offseason. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. Connect with the show 24-7 on the full gold voicemail line. Hit us up at 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. All right, we haven't done voicemails in a while, but you guys call the voicemail line, and I I throw it open to you. 773-359-3103 is the phone number. Anytime you want to jump in on the voicemail line, leave your submissions, leave your thoughts. Sometimes we throw questions out there for you to answer. So, Jesse... Let's go on and kick it. What we got? First up. Hey, JG. It's Nate. I'm over in Ravenswood. Um, I just wanted to know why the hell the Panthers didn't just go and get Lamar. Um, would have kept themselves DJ Moore. Um, I understand, uh, you know, what was it, 12 games in two seasons? But uh, I think he's a lot better than these other, uh, you know, possibilities with the quarterback. Um but, uh, yeah, going into the Bears, uh, come up there with the first overall pick trading it. Uh, man, what a haul. Uh, 
I would have been happy even if DJ Moore was not included in that trade, I think. But they they went ahead and got him anyway, um, which ultimately, hopefully, maybe makes the Panthers worse next year, which makes the Bears now night, uh, next year for Sean Pick a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, what, what's up with uh, not going to get to Lamar Jackson? I think he would have been a better pickup for them. Uh, thanks for your time, and uh, maybe I'll hear myself later. Take care. Appreciate you, Nate. Well, I mean, other than about four teams in the NFL, everybody should be going out and trying to get Lamar Jackson. Um, I think it's clear what's happening here. When you throw the non-exclusive franchise tag on a quarterback who hasn't reached 24 years of age, um, <laughs> it's clear. A franchise player like this has never been available in the NFL. Never. A, a, a sub-25-year-old MVP, pro bowler, and one of the more dynamic players in the game has never, ever been available <laughs> this early in his career at that position. And you want to say, hey, what do you mean never a player like this, Jason? I want to name you some names, okay? 59 for Patrick Mahomes. You'll get it here soon. 61 for Kyler Murray. 62 for Cam Newton. 63 for Matthew Stafford and Fran Tarkinson. Huh? Huh? Throwing an old head for you. 70 for Dan Marino. 77 for Justin Herbert and Jameis Winston. Now, you notice I said the number 77, right? Now, these are total touchdowns prior to turning 24 years old in the NFL. This is from Warren Sharp. Shout out to Warren Sharp. Contributes to the ringer every once in a while. NFL on Fox. I said 77, right? That was the number I said for Justin Herbert and Jameis Winston. Lamar Jackson has scored 87 touchdowns prior to turning 24 years old. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I thought the name of the game was to get the ball in the end zone in the NFL, right? In a league where you can't really hit the quarterback like you used to, and when the quarterback becomes a ball carrier and he's got track speed like Lamar Jackson does, and all you do is see zone offenses. And if you're a wide receiver who can sit down in any kind of coverage or go up and get it over any kind of coverage, you will be clamoring. To, like, who are the wide receivers, running backs, and offensive coordinators not, not knocking on the GM's door like, hey, hey, I know we are all practicing the old C word when it comes to him, but uh, can you convince someone that it would be best for our franchise to get a talent like that? Uh, all of this will be able to now buy our homes instead of rent or lease them. Uh, we can we can start building the restaurants and 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 clubs that come along with Super Bowl glory. Like if I'm the Jets, if I'm the Packers, fuck the Panthers, but shout out to the Panthers. Yeah, if I'm Commanders. the Panthers, if I am any team not named Kansas City, Cincinnati, or Buffalo, I'm on the phone. Chicago. This is. <laughs> Yeah, you got damn right. Hey, Justin, it's been real. <laughs> I will take you to the airport. Remember all that shit I was talking about? Guess what? Got the got the other one. <laughs> got, got, got the I one got that the showed one. got the other one. <laughs> <laughs> got the one that showed me he could do it already on a high level. Appreciate you though, fam. Give him knuckles, you feel me? If you want to dap it up, bring it in. The one arm hug. We can do the complete bear hug. But guess what? Your ass will be in terminal C30 on the way out of here. Enjoy Baltimore. You and Roquan can go eat some, you know, go eat some uh, some crabs and drink some Heineken by the bay. I don't know if I just made a, a wire scene out of nowhere between Justin Fields and Roquan Smith, but goddamn it, roll with me. You did right. 
Everybody in the league should be trying to get Lamar Jackson. Everyone. 87 touchdowns before he turned 24, and y'all treated that motherfucker like he was Tommy Frazier coming out of the, the option offense in Nebraska. That man ran Bobby Petrino's system in Louisville. People were like, you know, we don't know if this, if this black guy can really throw the ball. <laughs> this man was throwing for 5,000 yards a year in college and running for a G himself. He won the Heisman. He's been the face of a franchise in a city and a community that has needed it, that has needed it. I don't know what else you got. If you're the Miami Dolphins, how do you not look at Tua Tunga Violo? Well, first of all, you walk into the dark room and you turn the lights on and you say, hey, Tua, can we talk? And, and then you go, Tua, you got to go, Okay. You can keep your dark shades on. We will put you in a limo with none of the lights on and the divider up. But you have to go. Baltimore will be your new home. You will love it there. Okay? <laughs> the hits don't hurt as bad in Baltimore as they do in, in Miami. Shit. You, you kidding me? Lamar Jackson, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Jeff Wilson on the same offense? With Mike Gusecki doing the gritty? And that offensive line? Boy, stop it. I would be a, a Miami Dolphin, you know, as a kid, I used to always have a second team, try to find a second team because, uh, you know, the Bears would kick me in my nuts for three hours from noon to three, and then I'd find an AFC team I could rock with. I would, you would call me Miami J if Lamar Jackson ended up with the Dolphins. Great, greatest potential? I mean, he's not a free agent technically, but it's seeming like, hey, go see what's out there because greatest free agent ever? Reg, next in to, football? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no. I always think of Reggie, Reggie, uh, Reggie White, Reggie, but this is the quarterback. He's getting MVP. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. What, what is going on here? You can't, you can't. It's, it's nothing else but what it is. You know what I mean? Every once in a while, you just got to be like, yeah, man, that's what it is. You know what I mean? Like certain things happen to you. I'm like, nah, that's too good. We all been there before. And we don't have to say it right now because we around our ladies, but we all been there before. We were like, nah, this is, wait a minute. <laughs> Me? All right. Yeah, I guess I will. That's what the rest of the NFL is looking at. Like, no, nah, you kidding? No. What? With the stain on my shirt? All right, cool. Let's do it. Like, that. it's so easy. You got two first-round picks for an MVP-caliber quarterback. And one of those picks would probably go to a quarterback anyway that, you, that you're trading away. You hey, get an MVP. Hey, I, he, he's got to be in a mind bleep right now. Like, he's got to be so confused about what's happening. Oh, there's no confusion. He's It's very <laughs> clear. It's very clear. <laughs> there was a party going on, and he is the guest of honor. That's that, that's what's happening. Come on. Yeah. We're, we're, they're supposed to be, you know, stand together and uh, end nah. racism. You know what nah, happened to that? Nah, fuck that. <laughs> Keep these pockets full. That's <laughs> Racism comes second. You already know that. <laughs> the American credo. <laughs> Keep these pockets full and then tend to the blacks. <laughs> And maybe we'll slide three or four things in there before that as well. It's a, it's an ongoing process. It's a flow chart, you know? <laughs> oh, man. What else we got on the voicemail line, Jess? Jay, it's Q. I'm going to listen to the emergency pod, but I wanted to give my thoughts. Because at first I was like, wait a minute, we went down to nine? I don't know if I like going down to nine. And only another first-round pick? But then you get DJ Moore, and I think the problem, and I hope folks don't get silly about this, DJ Moore is proven 
He's proven. And we've got another two years, I think, under his old deal. I mean, he'll probably end up holding out next year. I mean, that's just the way these things go, and that's okay. But now Justin's got a full set of receivers, number one rushing offense in the game. Uh, obviously, that was because he had to run, so that's a little skewed, right? You probably won't have the number one rushing offense. But if they take these picks and they build up those lines, or let's just say if he hits on half these picks, that's the beginning of a good, good playoff team run. I'm just, I'm really excited, man. I, at first I was like, ah, but then I realized maybe this is, you know, I've just been playing Madden too long and uh-huh. the GM stuff is all silly in there. So, man, kudos to Paul, dude. I, I liked it. You know, I understood the tank. And the other thing, too, is he got the grace of Bears fans for this year of the tank. We understood it. Got the number one. Thank you, Lovey Smith. And now he's going to have some grace for the next two, three years as these young kids develop. But, man, oh, man, so far so good. Obviously, I still want that number one second-round pick, Chase Claypool. You've been right about that one. Appreciate you, Q. You just made me think of something there. And I agree with almost everything you just said, but you just made me think of something there. And it's something that I thought about when it happened at the end of the year and that, that, that fateful Houston Texans finish. If the Bears win a Super Bowl in five years, does that make Lovey Smith the greatest coach in Bears history? Walk with me here. Mike Dickin. Everybody knew what that whole thing was about, right? I mean, greatest defense of all time, Buddy Ryan, you know, all the bravado. Man, Lovey Smith right there in about, what, third? Because you, you got to put George Hallis in there somewhere. But in this day and age, with what the Bears mean and how long the Bears have been messing around since 1985 without a Super Bowl victory, they went in the next five years. It bumps Lovey up ahead of George Hallis. I'm saying it right here, right now. Yes, I said it. You can get mad at me. We we don't get any Bears on here anyway, so they, they could be mad about that assessment as is. Yes, I just said it. If the Bears win a Super Bowl in five years, it, indirectly because of Lovey Smith and his uh, need to win the final game of the year this last year for the Houston Texans before he got let go. Yes, yes, I'm putting Lovey ahead of George Hallis and sneaking up on Mike Dick. And I'd probably put him ahead of Mike Dick because Mike's been weird as of late. Hopefully nothing happens to Mike in this next couple of days so that this pod doesn't feel really, really bad. This is why we don't take voicemails. All right, that's all the time we have for this episode. Episode 218 of the Full Go Podcast. want to thank our guest, Kyle Bailey from WFNZ out there in Charlotte, giving us the lowdown on the Carolina Panthers, DJ Moore, now that they are the rights holders of the number one pick and uh, what the Bears have to look forward to. And got a whole bunch of Panthers picks. So thank you to Kyle Bailey. You can check him out afternoons three to six on WFNZ out there in Charlotte. want to thank our production staff, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, the active Jesse Lopez, and my main man, Tony Gill. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff. Thanking you for downloading this thing, subscribing this, to this thing, uh, rating and reviewing it, giving it the five stars you know it needs, uh, or else we're going to see you in the street. Thank you for hitting us up on the voicemail line. Do that at any time. 773-359-3103 is the phone number. 773-359-3103. We will catch you on Tuesday. We won't have a Bears, uh, I'm sorry, a Bulls game to talk about because they don't play until Wednesday night against the Beam team in Sacramento. So we'll talk about the league year officially starting, okay? We'll 
probably pop somebody on to talk about the cap, maybe get in depth as to what the Bears need as as far as free agency is concerned. Now that we know what their picture is looking like and how they have to execute, we'll talk about some of those pieces and whatever else comes up over the next couple of days. So as always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other and be safe. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Let me tell you, can I tell you about, oh my God, I can't even believe this. I went on like three or four dates with this woman who had the worst breath that I had ever experienced in my life. And I, you know, I'm a nice guy. So I was like, I kept giving her, you know, a chance. The benefit of the doubt, basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I'm not the one. Like, I can't even tell people when they fucking bothering me. So I can't, it was hard for me to be like, hey, um. Did something die in you? Like, what, like you good? Like, like your gut health. Do we need to go get you like a probiotic? Or, like, what are we doing here? And you know, I was wondering if it was like a tooth thing. You know, sometimes people got a cavity, or you know. And um, like the second date around, I was like, oh, it's still there. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm not going to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think I went out one more time. And I was like, you know what? I can't do this. And I never was, I never could get up the courage to express to her that you are, you are all good, right? Like, this is somebody else's bag. And it mm-hmm. actually became somebody else's bag. Like, and I'm like, oh, good for, you know, good for y'all. But man, <laughs> duh, every moment. Every every word was an H word, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? She, she you know, was drinking all the soup, just, 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 just blowing all over the table. You know what I'm saying? Just, and I felt bad because I'm, I, you know, because what what happened? How are you gonna bring it up? How are you gonna be? But what if? Like, and, and also, like, what if some some kind soul has spared me? You know what I'm saying? I know mm-hmm. that I ain't the the prettiest or the you know the most well kept. I, <laughs> Thank you, baby. I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's the first win that I've gotten with her voice on the podcast. <laughs> it's the first one.